0: Hallelujah! Glory to God. I have two questions I'm going to ask us, and I believe it's um, they're questions that are each time I, I I come for church and I'm preparing for service what i do is i i strive to to feel the atmosphere I, I strive to feel the atmosphere you know when you're when you're in a place there's what we call the energy of the environment it's the energy that flows from from that flows within that environment. It could be an object dissipating energy. It could be a person dissipating energy. But there's what I call the energy of the environment. So whenever I'm, I'm preparing to have church, especially when I'm going to minister, I, I, I try to sense that environment and see what kind of environment it will be. So I have two questions that I that is that I sense that it's in the atmosphere in the atmosphere. It's a month of favor quite all right but towards the end of last month I began to sense that God God um wanting us to move in a direction of faith and talk about certain things where faith is concerned. So last Sunday, uh, sorry, on Sunday, we, we started talking about having faith in your covenant of promise. I want to continue in that part, but I'll just, I'll just ask two questions. they just two questions that will zero in on everything I want to talk about. Praise God. Okay. The first question is this. If you were not included in the making of the covenant of promise and your job is only to receive the promise. How could you be included in bringing the promise to pass? If you were not included in the making of that covenant of promise, when the covenant, God gave um, the covenant to Moses, and um, Moses was the mediator of that first covenant, and then God gave the promise to Abraham in Genesis 22 and said, in, in blessing I will bless you and multiply you. And your descendants shall be as the, the sand and the seashore and all that and the stars. And they will not be numbered. When God, through Jesus Christ, caught a covenant and he said a new covenant will i make he says in those days he said i will take away the heart of stone and give a heart of flesh and i will make a new covenant with you and then he says there will not be one who will say to the other teach teach me he said because they will all know the lord from the least to the greatest. And then this new covenant he has made where Jesus is the mediator the Bible teaches us that that covenant cannot be annulled. It means it cannot be broken. But we know that first there is one covenant he made with Moses. God was there Moses was there and then he gave the he gave the, the, the covenant to Moses and gave the laws and commandments and everything. But you and I know reading through scripture that it was impossible for man to keep that covenant, to keep his own part of the covenant. Because when Moses was reading the laws and everything on the mountain, the children of Israel at the time said that everything that is being said, everything that is being said, we can do. That's what the the, um, the rest, when he was reading out those things, he said, "Yes, we can do them, but you and I did to fulfill that covenant." The Bible says the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. in time we see that God wanted us to depend on Him. The time could not deliver on that covenant; they could not um, fulfill. The requirements of the law to fulfill everything. And then God said, the, the, the whole I'm trying to paint a picture for us to see where this question is coming from. Now, God gave this set of people, certain laws. Do this and do this and do this and do this. And they said, Yes, we can. We will do it. We can do it. What they trusted in was their strength. What they trusted in was in their ability to fulfill that covenant. They trusted in themselves to be able to fulfill that covenant. To be able to fulfill that law. But that was where they missed it. Because the fallen state of man cannot, cannot, the Bible says the carnal mind is enmity with God. It cannot. I needed to underline that word. Cannot. Good you are. No matter how morally correct you are. No matter how behaviorally right you are. There are certain things you cannot do. Not because um, you don't want to do them. But your wiring, the state of the fallen man cannot do those things. Cannot. Cannot. One of those things is fulfilling the law, is staying in a position where you can. Is that Jesus, being the mediator of the new covenant, being the one that is fulfilling that for us, and then standing as a go be, as a as a go between image, and then fulfilling it so that we can partake of it. Are you following me? and your job is only to receive the promise, how could you be included in bringing the promise to pass? So if God gives a word, God gives a promise, God declares a word, he speaks for the word. How now do you think that you are responsible to bring that word to pass? That's the same thing that happened with the children of Israel. God gave the law. God gave them everything. Do this and, and they said we can. We will. That means we are to do so to do so. We are well able to fulfill it. We are well able to do it. You and I to know at this point in our life. That when God's word is spoken. God gives us a decree. You cannot bring it to pass. So everything that you do. Is not for you to bring down that, that word. He's the one that brings the word to pass, he's the one that's a word and declares a word. This is the season of favor. This is the season favor equivalent to 30 years of results. God himself is watching over it to perform it. God himself is looking over that word to bring it to pass. So when you and I go to pray, when you and I go in the presence of God and and we're, we're enjoying the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, what we're doing is we're aligning ourselves with the word for the season. We're aligning ourselves with the atmosphere, the energy in that environment so that that word will come to pass. Because what God is doing is that he's watching. He's watching over his word. He's watching over his word. The word that goes out from God does not return void. So he's watching over his word to perform it. He's watching over his word to make it good. So he's looking over that word to bring it to pass in our lives. So what we are doing by all the things we're doing is that we are aligning with the word. So when we align with the spirit, the spirit that knows the word and knows how to bring it to pass is putting us in proper alignment with that word. How does that happen? Here a little, there a little. This is how a miracle happens. When people say, Oh, I got a miracle, or some, yes, there are are instant miraculous um, healing and, and stuff like that. The power of God moves, someone got healed, someone, this thing happened to someone. But now, imagine you into your purpose stepping into the thing that god has called you to be stepping into fame stepping into prominence and and things like that you know and you say oh um all of a sudden um i I got this deal and and boy it was a miracle i got i got something bigger than than what i would normally be involved in on, on stuff like that It's the making of a miracle. What happens that moment is that the word of God that has gone over you. God is watching over that word to perform it. And then the spirit of God begins to align you with that word. Somebody gives you a call. Somebody asks you to come visit him. You go visit the person. A a talk ensues. You guys start talking. Say, oh, you do this? Oh, yes, I do this. Okay, this is my card. Two weeks after the person calls you up on the phone and said okay can you do this small thing for us said, oh why not i'll do it and then you did it and you made 50k but I said oh you did it so well while you were doing it someone else saw you and said you know what i like what you're doing um can you come do something for us and the chain reaction starts like that now it's going somewhere but what you don't know is that is the making of a miracle it's an alignment towards something So the little things that happen in between, we don't miss out. What I have found out in life is that God has placed you and I around everything that we need in life. He has placed us around them. Around them. Could you believe if I tell you that one action that you do this month could be the miracle waiting for you in four to six months to come. One action. Just one action. Just one. Just one action. 2017 or thereabout. Yeah. When I first came into the city, I did a job with someone and it was some millions and for one reason or the other, the guy didn't just pay me. So, we, we argued and argued and argued know we raised our voice at each other I was I was angry with him you know I was going about um, defending projects you know meeting with clients talking and when the client would pay and when the money came I didn't know the guy was going about collecting all the money and I didn't know I thought I guess they wanted to welcome me to the city (laughs) so I think I lost about a million plus or so so I sat I said god why i mean i just came into the city why should that happen so i wanted to cut off from him completely and just you know just at the point i did and then later i just pulled back a little you know since i knew the kind of person he was but i kept sensing in my heart that you know i should just still him a little closer but with caution with caution so i I began to deal with him with caution and we did about two other jobs after that he didn't even pay me i mean i don't know what kind of human being he is i'm serious and each time i call have they not paid oh the company has not paid don't mind those people they always do like this i'm like oh my goodness so i just let him be waiting and waiting So one particular day he called and said that um there is a job somewhere um we need to go and the thing about it is that he knows that i'm good at what i do so after he has gone around many people you still call me boss far? we need to do xyz and xyz i said okay no problem so we he called me up a few weeks ago and said um university of calabar they want to do something so he he, he wants us to to propose that let me see it said okay we're going to go to calabar and everything so we went and um engineering was so good so we submitted the document they looked at it gave the presentation talk 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 how do were look so impressed and everything next week he called me again Said ah and the vc has said okay they should go out. and this is going to cost us millions to do and then he said we're having a meeting so that was a Imagine if I had shot him off. That time, did he hurt me yet? Learn certain things. You know that if you know the devil is a devil, you can sit beside him and say, "Devil, I know you." They're just there. No, seriously. There is nobody God cannot use for you. There is just nobody. He has surrounded us with good people and bad people that they are bad does not mean that you should be bad God can use their badness for your favor you understand so it's the making of a miracle I could have said to myself now oh God I've not gotten any call from anybody for any job or anything but the one that came that treated me bad that I pushed away It's still the one that God wants to use. You get what I'm saying? So, it's the making of a miracle. You just stay on your own and be who you are. People treat you bad, it's okay. Tell them not to worry, it's all right. They should relax, they'll be fine. Your reward is in heaven. It's from heaven, it's from God. God knows. He said there is profit in every labor. He did not say it is that particular labor that will give you profit, but in every labor, there is profit. So always ask your profit from God, never from man, always. If someone dupes you, dupes you, say thank you Father, this person has duped me, but God, is it you they dupe? Because if they dupe you, the person is in trouble. You and God are in partnership and in a bank and the bank goes bankrupt or defunct, what happens? Or NDIC. please Am I correct? Because you are insured. You are insured. So your profit will... I don't know how I got there. So how could you be included in bringing the promise to pass? You cannot. I remember how I got that. You cannot. You cannot be included in bringing the promise to pass do your part. God has a way of orchestrating. When when he says do good to to them that despitefully use you, he knows what he's saying. He knows what he's saying. Because the sun, the moon, they shine on the good and the bad. The rain, God won't say all these bad people, no rain for you. No. Rain falls on all. They said our God is good unto all. He's good unto all. When God gives a promise, you and I cannot do but our actions can delay it, our actions can hinder it a little. So, what we now need to do is to do, the Bible says, Do good as it lies in your power, do good to all men. Hebrews 6 and no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless you, and endured. He obtained the promise. That word patiently endured means that he endured. He endured. Verse 18. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has ended for us even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek question two if the promise was aware of the obvious limitations before it was made why should their manifestation be a limitation let me explain when god made the promise to abraham god knew there were limitations when god made the promise to abraham god knew there were difficulties when god told the children of israel to go forward he knew there were difficulties so if he did not take cognizance of those limitations when he made the promise why do you think that the limitations will hinder the manifestation Why do you think so? Joshua chapter 1. From verse 1, the death of Moses. God told Joshua, now my servant Moses is dead. He said, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. God gave them that instruction, but he knew... There were limitations. Whenever God gives you an instruction and tells you to do something, He knows their limitations. He knows their are setbacks, He knows that there are things on the way to stop you. He knows, he says, this year, I want you to do this and do this and do this. And then the next thing we do immediately is that, oh God, can't you see? No. He knows they are there. Why? He does not want you to make the same mistake the children of Israel made that we can do it by ourselves. He knows. He knows. These are the laws. These are the laws. These are all the things I needed to do. Oh yes, we are able. We can. No. He wants us to look to the forerunner Jesus who has gone ahead of us. He knows. It says, verse 3, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I have said to Moses. Verse 9, no, verse 5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Were there times that the children of Israel fe- felt that they were forsaken? Yes. But the promise had gone ahead. So when you feel forsaken, does not mean you're forsaken. That's the strategy of Satan to make you feel forsaken. That's the strategy so that your faith would fail. The only thing Satan attacks is our faith. If he attacks your health, he's attacking your faith. If he attacks your finances, he's attacking your faith. Verse 6: It says, Be strong and of a good courage, for to this these people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. When God gives you that instruction and says, "Be strong, be courageous," He's saying to you that look, what's ahead of you requires courage you'll overcome eventually you'll come out victorious but it requires courage it requires you to be strong that's what he's saying he's not saying that by the time you get there and you meet a big wall that's the end no he's saying be strong be courageous there is a way i've made already that's why i gave you the word that i've given you the land be strong and be courageous be strong and be courageous verse 9 he said have i not commanded you be strong and of a good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever saw giants they saw all sorts they saw things that will cause fear but he said be of good courage be strong glory to god then there are two things know about your covenant of promise One of them is that there is no victory without a battle. Guess what? This battle is not the battle that we are fighting. Who loved us? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor heights nor depths nor any other created thing shall... I wrote down here that that you are in a battle does not mean it is the Lord's battle. Listen. Listen. Look at that verse 39. He said, separate us from what? From the love of God. Separate us from the love of God. Assuming this is the love of God. And I'm holding on to it like this. So it means that anything that comes to me, what's its purpose? To separate me from the love of God. When lack threatens me, it threatens to separate me from the love of God. When anything threatens my health, it threatens to separate me from the love of God. So as long as I'm holding on to that love, it means that the battle is not mine, but this. The battle now becomes the Lord's own. But if I'm just on my own, I'm not attached to the Lord. Anything that comes, it's my battle. But when I'm attached to the Lord, anything that comes is not my battle. The battle is the Lord. So he says that you are more than conqueror as long as you are attached to the Lord. As long as you recognize that the battle is not yours and you are attached to the Lord. As long as you recognize that it's trying to separate me from the love of God. He's trying to separate me from the love of God. So I hold on to the love of God as my anchor. I hold on to the love of God and then when God says to you he says take on the whole armor of God what he's saying is that when when somebody goes to war he wears an armor right so God has gone to war he has won an armor he has been victorious he dropped his armor and said take on my whole armor so you're not taking the armor to fight again you are taking the armor to show that you are victorious you are taking the armor to show that you are victorious so each time you take on the shield of faith you are showing that you are victorious each time you take the blessed spirit of righteousness you are showing you are victorious each time you take the helmet of salvation you are showing you are victorious. you are not fighting a battle again the one who has fought the battle has won he has dropped his armor end of battle and says you are more than conqueror and says to so you take on the whole armor of god that's why i said therefore stand Nobody stands in a battle. You won, you fight, you move about. But he said, no, I have fought and I have won. Stand. Why? Unmovable, unshakable, stand. Whatever happens to you, stand. Whatever comes your way, stand. It cannot move you. Be strong, be of good courage. That's what he was telling Joshua. He said, stand. The whole armor of God, stand. Rise to your feet. He's done fighting. He's done. He's done fighting. He's done. There is no fight you want to fight again. He's done fighting. My job and your job is to keep standing. Because anything that comes, comes to threaten our faith. Comes to attack our faith. From holding on to the Savior. From holding on to the love of God. He says, what shall separate me from the love of God? What shall? Watch out, watch out, watch out. He shall death, shall tribulation, shall trial. I have not seen the thing. As long as I'm holding on to the love of God, I cannot be separated. I cannot. I cannot be separated. He said, having done all to stand, stand. Be in the Lord and the power of his mind put on the whole armor everything why? not that you may be able to fight he said that you may be able to stand not that you may be able to fight the wives of the devil that you may be able to stand so most of the time when the devil comes and roars and roars and roars we are scared and then we run and then he chases after us but the one that stands sees the victory You may attack my finances, attack my mind and make me think that God doesn't love me but I stand in the love of God. God loves me so I stand. You may roar and roar and roar but I stand by faith. That's my covenant of promise. And I have faith in it. 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 That's why I stand. Calls it the wiles of the devil, so nothing comes against me that moves me. I stand because at the end of the day, I am victorious. He says, Either endures till the end, has a crown of life. So it means that for me to see, first of all, I realize there's a crown of life. So I stand. And the devil comes and throws everything at me. So I stand. There is a crown of life. Whatever happens, I will receive that crown. So I stand. At the end of the day, the crown of life will come to those that keep standing. There is a crown of life. It is for those that don't give up we are not saying don't give up one day to be better. No. I'm saying don't give up because you are a victor. Stand strong because you are a victor. Don't give up because you are a victor. Not because something something good is going to happen. No. Something good has happened to you. That's why you should stand. So that you will see it. The devil is trying to stop you from seeing it. And then cause you. move away from the position that the holy spirit has aligned you and say, stand here don't move here whatever god has given to you will come and meet you here so the devil is roaring so that what you run away from there stand stand that's how to have faith in your covenant of promise we are not of them that draw back no we're not looking for victory no we are victorious we live in victory we live in victory and we are standing our ground so the victory can manifest lift your hands to heaven the preceding message was brought to you by kings ministries international for information about kings word ministries visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources thank you for listening to this message and remember Where the word of a king is, there's power.